With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to yet another episode of Leverage Masters. I am really looking forward to bringing you our guest today. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, and along with my co-host, Jack Humphrey, we are the deans of Directions University at directionsuniversity.com, the co-founders of Divisio at Divisio, D-U-V-I-S-I-O.com, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good in the world, and the co-founders of The Leverages at TheLeverages.com. And we have a very special guest with us today. <clears throat> this is someone I've really been looking forward to having back on the show because I know we're going to talk a little bit about his latest project. Jack, you want to introduce him to everybody? Absolutely. We have today the one, the only, Ken MacArthur on Leverage Masters, and I'll do a quick introduction and we'll get right into it. For those of you who don't know, the three people left on the planet who do not know Ken MacArthur, he is a best-selling author of Impact, How to Get Noticed, Motivate Millions, and Make a Difference in a Noisy World, has enabled thousands of people to achieve amazing impact by championing the philosophy that partnerships and collaboration build value for everyone. He was selected by Fast Company as one of the 20 most influential people online. Ken's powerful call to action, the Impact Manifesto, You Make a Difference Whether You Want to or Not, was selected for publication by Seth Godin's brainchild, Change This, which places his manifesto in the company of manifestos written by Seth Godin himself, Hugh McLeod, uh, Guy Kawasaki, Chris Anderson, Jay Conrad Levinson, Tom Peters, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, and Robert Scoble. So there you are, folks. That is, in a nutshell, some of what Ken MacArthur is, but not all of what Ken MacArthur is. Ken, welcome back to the show. So fantastic to be here with you, Jack and Gina. It's uh, it's an amazing honor to be here and talking to you about leveraged impact, which is one of my favorite subjects. I love the fact that uh, we all have the same amount of time. Uh, in many cases, you know, we're all restricted in the amount of resources that we have, and we can have such uh, more, more impact by creating leveraged impact and using the power of the art, science, and technology that we have at our fingertips to achieve so much more and make a difference in the world. So that's a good thing. I'm really excited that you're doing this. Well, I believe we did talk about this the last time you were on the show. It was a while ago, and I can imagine what has happened since then. So could you give people a little bit of background on 
uh, your big project, and uh, what, what's the status of it now? How's everything going? How has it progressed? Wow. Uh, well, it's a huge project. You know, I, I, I think I told you, I can't remember exactly how long ago it's been since I, since I last updated you guys. Um, but um, the Impact Project is a huge project that involves uh, a lot of moving parts. And uh, about a year ago, I actually stepped back and said, I'm going to really cut back on the things I do and only focus on some uh, certain key areas uh, that will enable me to get uh, to my goals as in as leveraged a way as possible. So it was really a cutting back uh, that I went through, but it doesn't seem like that now because there's so much going on. Uh, we're <laughs> actually producing three uh, films, uh, a, um, a documentary film called The Impact Factor, which is all about how art, science, and technology can create leveraged impact and how you can leverage that to build an audience of millions of people for your ideas, products, and services, and how small things really make a big difference. You know, the, the smallest things that we do sometimes impact the most people. And uh, we're doing, uh, we're actually in post-production on a short film called The Impact Manifesto, which you kind of mentioned up front, which was based on the project I did for Seth Godin. Uh, project Change This, uh, which is all about how we make a difference whether we want to or not. And then I'm working with a three-time Academy Award-winning producer on uh, a feature narrative film called The Impact Factor, which is, you know, telling telling a story of impact and uh, what it takes to create real impact in um in a narrative form, you know, a feature film that's uh, that's going to be a great movie. I'm excited about all three of those projects. And then, of course, we've got a live community that we work with. I'm doing over 30 events this year, uh, <laughs> workshops, masterminds, a fantastic event that we got coming up uh, in September that I know Gina's going to be at. And, and, Jack, we should get you down there, too, but it's the Infinite Reach event on September 19th and 20th in Baltimore, and just some incredible, incredible thought leaders coming to that. We're going to actually be filming for the documentary film uh, live there at that uh, that incredible mastermind with some some real amazing thought leaders uh, there to share their ideas, too. So I'm excited. <laughs> I, I love that you even have any energy in your voice at all, given everything that you just <laughs> mentioned. That must be... Do you sleep? Are you? How are you sleeping? Are you taking care of yourself? I mean, what's going on? How could you possibly be at the head of all of this? Well, it is. It is about leverage, you know. And, and to be honest with you, I only uh, mentioned uh, mentioned a fraction of what we're doing because we're doing a live channel. We're doing uh, we're doing all kinds of masterminds, and and I still find the time to you know mentor a few individuals too. It's just. Picking the things that you that you want to do. We all have a limited amount of time. We only have so much uh, in the way of resources. And sometimes when we cut back to the core essentials of what's really the most important thing to us, we get passionate about it. You know, it becomes all encompassing. It becomes the thing that makes life so worthwhile. And uh, being able to focus in on just things that. Uh, are really, really uh, 
making a difference to me and the people around me and the people that I touch from day to day um, creates an energy of its own. It takes off on its own. Uh, sometimes you feel like you're all alone in the world, you know, like nobody's listening and nothing's happening. And if you want that feeling to go away, then just go out and connect with some other amazing people, and you'll you'll see that energy returning, you know, in a, in a second. When I get uh, when I get down and and I just reach out to a few people, and we start seeing what all the possibilities are, um, the impact is just incredible. So I think. You know, part of the leverage point is the people that you know and the people that you associate with and the people that um, that you work with. Uh, if you work with people that produce solid results, you're going to produce solid results too, you know, if you get in there and do the hard work. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's something to be said, and I have a little bit of a fresh experience um, to to lend to that <laughs> for finding finding your thing. And I don't know, I don't want to use any cliche words or anything else because yeah. it would cheapen the experience just for me because I thought that a lot of the things that people have been saying all my life were cliche words about finding your passion and finding your blah, 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 blah. It, that's the worst <laughs> thing in the world to tell someone who is desperately trying to do just that and has had no success yet. When you tell somebody, that's like telling yeah. a woman to relax when she does not want <laughs> to relax. That is the worst thing a man could say to a woman when she's she wants to be ornery. She wants to be, uh, you know, the, you know, settle down. Oh gosh, you're lucky to walk out of the room with all your limbs intact in certain situations. And <laughs> people who are not passionate or who are passionate, who really want to find their thing and make that impact, but just haven't gotten there yet. It's yeah. frustrating. It's really, yes, really it incredibly is. frustrating. It is incredibly so, uh, frustrating, and 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 I think it comes down to being at the core, you know. I, I talk about things, uh, making things simple. It's not really about making things simple. It's really about making things core. In other words, there are certain crucial elements, cer certain things that are essential uh, without which uh, nothing will work. So, for instance, when I talk about business or something like that, I talk about three things that you absolutely have to have to make money and if you don't have any of the three that you won't make any money and if you have all three you will and uh and those things are core so if you just leave out one then you aren't going to have any success i think of it a lot like a a rope across a chasm you know uh if you throw the rope out there and it's a it's a perfectly good rope except for the three weak spots in it <laughs> you know and then you you venture out <laughs> hanging on to that rope uh, you know, and, and if you weigh as much as I do, then uh, pretty soon you're down at the bottom of the river, right? Because sometimes we just don't have those essential elements in place, you know? So, for instance, you know, with business, it's you got to have something to sell. If you don't have a product or service to sell, you can't make any money. Uh, and then you got to have an audience to sell it to. And then you got to have conversion, meaning that you actually have to uh, convince one person to give you money for your, whatever you've created. And if you don't have any one of those three things, then uh, you aren't going to make any money. And if you have all three, you will. Now, that sounds really, really simplistic, but I can't tell you how many hot seats I've sat in on where people were talking about uh, their products that they made, and they have stacks of products. I created all these products, and, and I have all these products, and I'm not making any money. 
but they don't have any audience or they don't have any conversion or they have an audience and they haven't created any products to sell them. So it, it's not that we're stupid and, and we can't figure this out. It's that we forget because it's so obvious that we have to cover the core basics first. And then that's when you start looking at the leverage point. So what can we leverage in, in terms of time? Do I have to do this action? Do I have to take uh, this responsibility on myself? Or can I find somebody that uh, can do this action for me? And sometimes that's difficult. That's frustrating, too, because what does it, what does it become then? It becomes a management project or something like that. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, Jack, but uh, there have been a few people that have let me down in my life. Has that, <laughs> that ever happened to you? <laughs> Never, never to me. No, that's never happened. Yes, it well, happens quite often in life. <laughs> so so if people are going to let, let us down on a regular basis, and of course they do because we're all human, uh, then uh, then we have to, to figure out the, the easiest ways and the most economical ways and the fastest ways that we can find out who those true gems of people are, those people that will just accelerate what we do in terms of our relationships. So I still remember when I did the Info Product Blueprint, um, I was looking for somebody to help me, and and I didn't uh, I didn't have a budget, you know I didn't couldn't go out and hire somebody, so I actually asked for volunteers and then the apprentice program, and had uh, 30 people volunteer. Now out of that 30 people, only about five did anything, you know. So there's your dependability factor. Yeah. And then out of that, there was one superstar. Now that one superstar that you find in a in a team of volunteers or in a in a team of employees or people that you want to take into your project in the form of partners or any of those kinds of things, one person like that is just like gold. So what you want to do is you want to focus on finding people that are really going to be able to execute for you. And you have to be able to cut your losses quickly, and you have to be able to realize that you can't put tremendous assets into finding these people. What you need is an economical way to just see if people can step up to the plate. And you kind of do that through, I know you've done development kinds of things, you do that through what they call lean development or lean marketing or all of those kinds of things, which is kind of a minimum viable uh, model, meaning that what we do is we we start out with the simplest possible form of what could possibly work, and then we expand on those things because we know that we can always make something better. I mean, you right now could tell me about 3,000 ways to grow an audience. Um, and and the man on the street could probably tell you a hundred. You know, most of the people who are listening to this broadcast right now already know what to do in the area of how to build an audience, uh, how to create a product, how to get conversion because they've listened and they've listened and they've listened, but they aren't necessarily doing those things. I always think back to John Kramer's book, A Thousand and One Ways to Market Your Book. If anybody ever did those thousand one ways <laughs> to market a book, they'd have yeah. a bestseller guaranteed, right? There would be nothing, there would be no doubt in it whatsoever. But the problem is that we don't execute on those things. And and as we execute, we need to test. You know, we need to know what those results are to see what's actually working, whether we want to keep uh, spending time on those or not. 
You know, uh, you executed in the business world full-time for a long time. You executed and you executed. You came out with lots of different successes. Um, and then we had a conversation. I can't remember where. It was at a conference, I think, somewhere. And and you kind of let it loose on me how, how you were feeling differently about life about i mean i can see i can i i kind of remember the color of your suit this was a this was an impact on me when huh. uh when you when you were telling me this about how things have changed and you no longer wanted and i'm super duper paraphrasing here but here's what i remember and it really meant a lot to me because it's happening to me right now so it like mm. is really really <laughs> means a lot but you didn't you didn't seem like you cared as much anymore about Telling people, showing people how to make money for the sake of making money anymore, which was a right. big part of your business, like with the affiliate stuff and all that, and everything else was, was just like you were the man at, at that. You still are, but you had indicated in no uncertain terms to me in that discussion uh, that you needed more, that you were looking yeah. for more, that life, life was demanding of you to do something more than just what you had been doing. Can you talk a little bit about what mission and purpose, once it finally taps sure. you on the shoulder, and it might wait 48 years like it did for me, <laughs> but what does mission and purpose do when it taps you on the shoulder? How impossible was it for you to resist, if you wanted to, what it was calling you to do? Yeah, well, it's really interesting, uh, because I hadn't thought a lot about mission and purpose until uh, Jack Camfield actually sent me a uh, a copy of his book called The Success Principles. And at that point, I had never, um, I'd never really read success books. You know, it, it, it just kind of felt uh, empty, non-practical. You know, doesn't have anything to do with mm. life, really. All this, all this success talk, right? You know, so if you mm -hmm. if you go out there and you you manifest a million dollars, okay, great. <laughs> if you can make it happen, I just didn't have enough faith in myself to do that kind of stuff. I had to do the hard work go out there uh, and work at it. But but for whatever reason, because he sent me this huge book, I felt like I should read it, you know. And I didn't really know Jack Canfield, but he apparently had heard of me, and he, he sent me his book. So I read through it, and one of the things that he had in it was a, a uh, section on developing a mission statement. I never thought about a mission statement, you know. But I went through his little exercise, and I came up with a mission statement, and it was basically at the time it was helping as many people as possible make a decent living online. And that was kind of the, the scope of what I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to help as many people as I could make a decent living in online. And I wanted to do that in a in every aspect you know, every sense of the word decent, meaning that you didn't have to worry about whether or not your wife or your kids were fed or, you know, those kinds of uh, things so that you had a decent living. Not that you get rich necessarily, but that you could cover the expenses and you could protect the people that you love. And decent in the sense that you could be proud of what you were doing, that you were actually providing real value to people because, uh, you know, that that – I want to be able to stand up in front of whoever I love and say I'm doing good stuff in the world. I'm not, I'm not making the world a worse place, you know, than it was when I got here. I'm doing something that contributes and adds value as as we go. 
And so that was kind of my goal for a while. And then I saw the impact that we have, the smallest things, how these tiny, tiny little actions that we take, just by existing, we actually impact thousands of people over the course of a lifetime. I mean, you talked about me having uh, an impact in just a small conversation that still resonates with you, you know, years later. And just imagine how that's impacted your life and how that's impacted the people that you touch and serve every day. And and it kind of weighed on me in a way because I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't want to take on the responsibility of the whole world, but I realize now that I'm impacting thousands of lives just by existing. You know, people who commit suicide think they don't impact anybody, and that's, you know, so far from the truth that that uh, is just mind-boggling because, you know, that horrific act, you know, basically impacts people for lifetimes beyond them. And and it's just uh, this compel- compelling fact that we're going to make a difference whether we want to or not. Now, to me, the question was, well, if I'm going to make a difference, then why not make that impact good and if I'm going to make a good impact, why not use all the art, science, and technology to make that impact as powerful as possible? You know, I, I don't have any grand designs where I have to go out there and change the world. Luckily, there are far better people than me that exist already in the world, and they're going to have an impact too. But but each person, I think, really tips the scale. You know, <laughs> I kind of see it in our in our presidential elections. You know, of uh, the rhetoric gets ramped up on whichever side you're on, and it gets more and more and more embroiled. And reason doesn't come into it anymore. And we're thinking that it doesn't matter. I can just spout off any way that I want to, and I can say anything I want to about anybody. You know, whether it's true or partially true or not so true. And I can tear this person down and it won't have any consequences when when that's just not the truth. The fact is that every time that we make the world a little bit more negative, that impact rolls from person to person to person. And it gets into this critical mass. And then it's the difference between living in a world where people are free and, and, and happy or where they're in a world of fear and uncertainty, and we can all make the world a better place. I mean, the the biggest impact we can have is a simple, kind word at the time when somebody needs it the most. And if we can get that simple word out to somebody, then we can have a huge impact. So for me, you know, I'd be doing this any way that I can, uh, spreading whatever uh, information I have or whatever way I can help anybody because I suddenly woke up to the fact that you, Jack Humphrey, and you, Gina Gaudio-Graves, just um, have this huge impact. And people are sitting on this call and they're saying, well, sure, they have a big impact. They've got a thousand people listening to this podcast or, or whatever. They know all of these rich and powerful people, but but just one person that's, uh, you know, in the Fairhill section of Philadelphia, which is called the Badlands, where the where the average income is is fourteen thousand dollars a year, and and uh, a house, you know, costs fifteen thousand dollars a year because last night there were three people murdered in in Fairhill, and and there's not 
that's not an unusual occurrence, right? Where every single day the the good side of life seems like it's it's the drug dealer that's on the corner because he's got the flashier car or or because he seems to have the beautiful woman or or whatever it is that makes life seem like that's the microcosm of the world. That's the way life is, and that I'm trapped here. Mm-hmm. I don't have any other options at all. Those are the moments that we have to step up and show somebody uh, something they can believe in, because you are a living example every day of, of people um, seeing you as an example of what's possible. In other words, can we? Do we have to live a life of drudgery? Do we have to live a life of depression? Do we have to live a a life of doing the things we don't want to do? Or is it actually possible for somebody to go out and do things that they care about in a passionate way and still be able to make a decent living at it and still be able to have friends and family and support those people that they love? So you're you're changing the world every day just by the fact that you show up and and you're an example that... Uh, yeah, life is not so easy, you know, and, and life gets hard. I know how hard life has been for me from time to time and how I thought I can't get through the next day, you know. I, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it financially. I'm not going to make it emotionally. I just can't get through this day. And you know what? Um, you're a youngster, Jack, and, but uh, but for 66-plus years now, I've gotten through it every single day, you know, even though I can't even tell you how many times I thought I couldn't. So until we don't, uh, we've got every day to have an impact, and we've got every day that we can impact one person. And here's the good part of this math. The math is that if you can impact two people in your life just over the course of your lifetime, to have a positive impact. And that was all you did. You didn't have a negative impact, but you impacted two people. That's exponential growth. That's hitting, you know, that that magical little number, you know, called the viral coefficient that really kicks things off and makes things so more powerful. So when you're talking about leveraged impact, you're talking about hitting that magic number where momentum goes your way, you know, where Positivity becomes the thing that people are spreading, as opposed to um, as opposed to the negativity, and that has real impact in real people's lives every single day. Just the quality of the day. Ken, have you seen you a show called Touch? Sorry, Jack. Have you seen a series called Touch, Ken? No, I don't think so. I, I, I might have missed that one. Jack, how about you? Have you seen Touch? Yeah, I, I saw. Oh, you're talking about when the, it came uh, out. It's been a little while. The yeah, kid. It, it was a TV show, and yeah, but it's on I did see an issue. Now. It is such a beautiful example of what you were just talking about. It's a show yeah. about an 11-year-old autistic boy who has never spoken a word in his entire life. And yeah. he sees numbers and patterns. And right. through these numbers and patterns, his dad has to go out and figure out what they mean or try and help him figure out what they mean because these patterns create things that are, are kind of a miss in the universe, if you will. And the impact is totally global 
even though these people don't seem to know one another at all, it's amazing yeah. how much the impact we have affects not just the person we touch, but many other things happen as a result of that one little thing that we did or even didn't do. Yeah. And that, that to me, is what they, is one of the highest possible uh, levels of thinking that we can do. When, when, uh, when a doctor, I mean, think back to the, uh, the old, te- speaking of television shows, of House, you know. Uh, House didn't diagnose the symptoms, you know, on a, on a piece-by-piece uh, case uh, 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 or a, uh, what's the word I want, uh, symptom by symptom, you know. What he did was he looked at the whole picture and he saw patterns within that. And I think whether you're a world-class surgeon or you're a thought leader in marketing or you're uh, an engineer or, or any other kind of ta- task, if you're, if you're Einstein, you're thinking at that kind of a level where you're really seeing patterns. Uh, people, when I first published my book, I, I wanted to know everything about the publishing industry, and I just kept getting more and more information, and people would tell me, Ken, you're going to get confused, you're going to get overwhelmed with all of this information. But for me, at least, it was always a, 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 um, a procedure of basically going through and seeing what the patterns are that in this thing. Because I believe that the truth comes out, you know. I believe that you know who the liars are and you know who the people who exaggerate are, right? How do we know that? Not because we can necessarily catch them in the chain of of uh of small lies and deceptions and exaggerations that are that are created over time but because we can sense you know what the truth is that the truth really does come out eventually over time in the patterns if we're looking at the big if we're looking at a big enough picture so i started with you know just trying to impact as many people as i could by helping them make a decent living but it's grown to so much more and I've got a really, really audacious goal now, and that's basically to impact everybody. So <laughs> you'd think that that would be, you, you would think that that would be impossible. But the truth is, you know, we talked about a world uh, maybe a decade ago where it was six degrees of separation, and now it's probably down to three or four. And if you actively pursue the connections and the relationships that we have and the ways of spreading messages you can probably have some kind of an impact on every person in the world over the course of a lifetime just by using that leveraged impact to to make things happen uh, more rapidly and to spread more quickly and by creating more value. Because if you create value, we now have the technology to make that value uh, spread really, really rapidly. And that's the the key to exponential growth. I do a thing on on viral marketing, and I teach about viral uh, loops and viral coefficients. But there's there's a key factor in what I teach. It's called cycle time, and that's basically how fast do we go through this loop to be able to make ideas, products, and services spread? Because that's the exponential factor. You could look at all the complicated math, but it all boils down to something really, really simple, just like most things in life. The core important thing about this is the fact that we need to make this happen rapidly, as early as possible. So 
the earliest that you can start on any kind of impact is today. You know, whatever impact you had in the past is gone. It's going to keep going. You know, you're going to have that impact, but you can't do anything about that impact. Tomorrow may never come, but today the most important people in my life at this moment are Jack and Gina and the people who are on this podcast because these are the people that I can impact right in this second. And if I can impact somebody now, that's the earliest possible time that I can do it. And if I can get them to take whatever ideas I come up with and and get them to spread it to other people, or if I can get them involved in the community of people that can support each other, then that's the passion that I've got that drives me to do this right now at this second. So every person that I come into contact with, if I'm with that person right now, that's the most important person that I can impact today. And that's what I want to do. That's why I'm so passionate. That's why it's so important to actually activate people and get them part of the community. Working together, we can do so much more than we ever could apart. And when we get that synergy going together, then uh, there's no limit to who we can impact. I have to say this for the record, because because tomorrow nobody will believe me if I don't say it now, if I don't have a record, a time stamp of this conversation. <laughs> uh, and and Ken, Ken's not been let in on this. He doesn't know anything about it. But I'm starting, a, I'm starting something up called the Thrive uh, Global Challenge. And this is my big inspiration I've been hinting at. for. Uh, I'm not going to say much more about it yet because I want everybody to just see it all at once, and it's just so close to launching. And it's, it's so anti what anybody knows about Jack Humphrey, it's hilarious. It's like it's going to be so out of left field for everybody who knows me, except for just a few, like you, Ken, and just, you know, but everybody else is going to be like, what? And, and what you said earlier was almost verbatim stuff that I've been writing down in, on my Patreon page, which is the, the, the engine that's going to be running all of this, which is another thing that people are going to go, Jack Humphrey can make a membership site. Why the hell is he making a Patreon page? And that's all part of the beauty of the whole thing. But what you said about impact, about your project, you may have had maybe a bigger impact on me than I even let on before. As you're saying all those words, I mean, you'll, you'll see when, when this launches, you'll see how close. Uh, what you said is to what I ended up saying. I'm like, man, how much does Ken really influence me? Because what <laughs> this is going to end up doing, and I'll tell you right now, it's it's very easy. This is one of those things when you get to that point of of of, of purpose and passion and everything else, and everything just lines up. You can actually see your future. I am my own walking spoiler alert. I know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks with this project and then years into the future, and I'm literally going to impact millions of people. I'm not just saying I hope I will. I've looked at it. I've played all the numbers out, and I've learned from people like you how to extrapolate. If we do this, it's going to do this much impact. It's going to be doing this much. And without a shadow of a doubt, I've proven it with the math. It's going to change the world in a significant way. And, 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 And that's not a boast it's just i'm i'm just as amazed as anybody would be looking yeah. at the math of it i i look at it and go what is moving through me because i really truly feel like a vessel i call i call it you know patreons you know uh 
call it we're creators and I'm going to be creating a podcast and information and, and meditative journeys and things like that. I'm going to be creating all of this stuff. But if you ask me how that feels, maybe yeah. you feel like this too. It feels like something's coming through me. Like I'm being used as a vessel to get something done because I don't always know where these great ideas come from. I don't always know who's talking when I open my mouth to tell people about it. It, it doesn't always feel like me. Do you yeah. ever get that feeling? <laughs> like it's just passing through you? Well, you know, you know, I think we're all part of, of this wonderful thing called the universe. You know, this this exciting thing, and and that we're all connected in in so many different ways. You know, when I was growing up, everybody told me that there was nothing smaller than the atom, and that the the universe was limited in size. And to me, even as a teenager growing up, I had the idea that there can always be something smaller and there can always be something bigger, you know. And and the fact is that whether you call it science or you call it religion or you call it anything else, the the uh, the world around us is so amazing that we cannot even conceive of the vastness of it. We can't even conceive the vastness of the universe that we know about, much less, you know, any other reach. And I think that we're all in in the adventure, that we're all part of it, and that all all that we can do in our journey is to is to wonder and then to and then to propagate those things that seem to work the best that make life better for other people because we're in this together you know if if you and I were sitting in the same room you know we're only you know a, a few uh um rotating molecules apart you know, from a scientific standpoint yeah. we're all connected you know and there's forces that work within each person that enables us to connect with other people and to communicate and to 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 spread the good things and so we're all vessels we're all part of of a of a plan that goes far beyond uh you know what I have on on this lifetime i never feel the the obligation that I have to go out there and change the world because I know that the world is evolving with me or without me. I'm on the earth for a limited number of years, uh, and that's rapidly getting shorter. Um, but when I when I discovered a, a tumor on my on my jaw, and I woke up and I had 30 days uh, that I didn't know whether I was going to live or die, and I really thought about it, and I thought, you know. Um, is there anything I have to get done? Is there anything that that uh, that I should complete just in case, you know, I'm not here at the end of a month? And um, the truth was, I felt pretty good about things. I know that that I've impacted uh, a lot of people in, in in positive ways because they've told me and because I've seen what they've done with their lives. And I don't feel like, you know, as big as my dream is that I have to achieve this on my own because life goes beyond just one person. It's those people and those that energy that we set off among other people that has the the real exponential impact. The only way that we can impact other people is to have somebody else involved in that, right? So right. I I believe that uh that uh, that the moment that we have right now is a blessing. And, you know, when I got to the end of those 30 days, I found out I was going to live, that 
I said, well, what are you going to do now, you know? <laughs> and so each day I wake <laughs> up and I think, you know, well, what am I going to do today? And, and and I think if you start with who are the people I'm with right this instant? You know, I started at the beginning of this podcast, I was talking about how uh, the most important people in my life right now at this instant are you and Gina and and the people that are listening to this podcast because this is the the group of people that I have a chance that maybe something that I say, you know, even if it seems simplistic, even if it seems like it's not all that important, or if, even if it seems like you've heard it before, there's probably a reason that you've heard it before because... <laughs> You know the truth comes out, and it usually comes out over and over again. So, yeah. So, so the the important part is to notice it. You know, to notice that pattern and say, out of all these things that people are telling me, you know, what really works and what really doesn't work. You know, is it is it really true that that the world cannot be made better and that we're all just going to go downhill and you know all of these horrible things that we hear every day, or is the truth that you know, if I just turned off my television set, I'd feel a lot better about life. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it, it's just yeah. it's just a it, it's partially you know the state of mind that we that we have for ourselves. And if you can if you can grasp the idea that we're all vessels for other people, we're all in this together. You know, I'm the big, biggest skeptic in the world. My daughter would tell you how how great a skeptic I am. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, um, I wasn't sure that I believed anything. You know, I didn't know what it was. And I I finally got down to the, the core idea that, you know, if I was thinking about it, I must exist, you know. And that's about all the truth I could find in the entire world. Was that, And I found out later that Descartes actually thought of that a long time before I did. But I thought it up on my own because I didn't know anything about Descartes. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that you think therefore I am, you know, is a is a concept that, you know, is really minimalistic. And, and Descartes said, you know, basically to throw away all of those other things and get back to the core, you know, of what do you know? Well, I know that Jack and Gina and the people on this podcast are part of my life right now. You know, even if I just made you all up. You know, within my life, <laughs> you guys exist. And if you're thinking about me right now, I exist in your life. And, you know, what can we do to make this life that we're experiencing together right now in this instant a better life? Because this is the life that we know that we have. Today is the moment that we can impact others. This is the day we're living. Don't wait to live to the, till you achieve your goals, you know. <laughs> let's live today. Let's have let's have a moment today that makes life better for the people that are around us. And that's just, you know, it's a choice, you know. Do I am I irritable today at somebody? Am I kind to somebody? Um, you know, if if there's an argument going on uh and I'm right and the other person is wrong, um we still have the choice to be kind, right? We still have the choice to uh, have compassion and understanding. And those kind of things make things better for everybody, including me. You mentioned something earlier about uh, core and also um, paying attention to um, uh, where 
where the energy may be, I'm paraphrasing there, is coming from, but that's what I took it as, is, is where the energy is. And, uh, and I, just to share the experience, so maybe somebody else could go, okay, I feel like that too, is that all right? And other people have felt like that, and they made choices based on that, on where to go next. And, and I just started paying attention to my energy around different things, like things that I was doing that, um, like if I was working on a website, and I was paying attention to my energy. I'm like, I am really, really not into this. I'm not into this, uh, or or a particular piece of copy that I was writing, or, um, or 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 consulting a person on their business or whatever. I would just start paying attention to my energy on those things, and then I would start paying attention to where my mind would float off to. Like yeah. when it was really sick of what I was doing, it would just go off on its own and go there's got to be a grand unifying theory of everything in how to make the world a better place without having to come up with a 512-point plan. I mean, I <laughs> caught my mind literally thinking about those things while I was doing something I didn't have the positive energy I didn't care about. And, it, yeah. and I'm, I'm, so, like, I'm, I'm almost eavesdropping on my own mind. I'm like, what the hell are you up to? Let me think about this <laughs> some more. Why are you thinking about things like this? And yeah. in, the, in, in that was the beginning, the seed of what uh, I think is going to become just the, the funniest thing, just the weirdest thing that it would take this long for me to get my act together, to pay attention to where my energy really was, where I really wanted to go, and stop, you know, bullying it. Because I would say, oh, you're just being a hippie, you're just being a, you can't support your family with that, would you get back to work, do what you're good at, do what you're good at. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. You've got responsibilities. This is the voice that was keeping that other thing down, that was thinking, what could we do to make it a very, very yeah. simple solution? Because everything in the world is elegant. You mentioned atoms, and then, and then we found out small, things are smaller <laughs> than those. Yeah. And everything gets down to quantum. It gets very, 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 very simple, very, very core. And then also on a very big scale, you go to the very biggest things in the universe, and yet – they're still very, very, very simple, straightforward, core stuff. Yeah. And when you mentioned that you don't necessarily want to uh, tell people what, what to do when they make an impact, you just know and you're trusting, which is hilarious because I've been writing about this stuff lately. It's exactly the same stuff I've been doing because you, you, I, I feel the same way. I feel like there shouldn't be any dogma. I think a lot of organizations and groups and ideas have started up that have organized a lot of people and have totally confused the issue when they started becoming dogmatic and having a whole bunch of rules. Like, here's, we're going to make you all happy, but we're going to tell you what to do with your happiness. And, I'm, and my thesis is, and maybe you can comment on this, if we believe all that crap we write in Hallmark cards about how humans are so good at the core and how we're born perfect and we have original programming that makes us just wonderful people, and if we're just happy, we will do good things. And why even bother with telling people what they ought to do with their happiness if we are all innately good? I feel like throwing out a challenge and saying, let's test this theory. Let's test to see if humanity is actually capable of only getting happy and being happier people making better choices on a more regular basis. Not all the time, because that's just stupid. You don't even know if you're happy if you're always happy. So, <laughs> but, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? And I love how you, you are – it sounds like the impact factor and all this stuff is leaving off where I think it's important nowadays to have at least some organizations leaving off and letting people figure out what their impact is going to be and trusting, if we believe all the Hallmark cards, 
that it's going to be something good to the benefit of the world, and the world will be a better place if you leave it alone and don't try to force it into now we've got to end global warming and we've got to end it this way. Here's our 500-point yeah. plan. What do you think? Well, you know, the, there is no forcing of the world. <laughs> you know, if you want right. to have an impact, spread some seed. I think I think that's the way it is. You know, it's like if you got weeds coming up in your lawn, pile on more grass seed. You know, um, it's 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 funny because uh, because we seem to think that our options are are so limited. And uh, part of the thing is just realizing that you have a choice. You know, Maslow uh, did a, an experiment with the um, with the shocking thing. Have you heard of you've heard of that experiment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where where basically uh, they found out that just because somebody in authority uh, told them that they needed to do it, that people would keep shocking people uh, at higher and ha- higher levels of electric shock. Uh, just because somebody in authority said, "Well, you have to do it," you agreed to do it, you know. Um, yeah, I just and, watched that movie. It was what was the movie called? I remember that. Uh, yeah, um, I've forgotten what the movie's called. They did, yeah, they did just come up with a, an experiment. But here's the here's the important thing that that people don't realize. They didn't realize that they had a choice. And as soon as you realize that you actually have a choice. It changes the whole complexion of things. You know, they thought that they were mm-hmm. trapped. They thought that they were required because they signed an agreement and because this is what they're supposed to do and because somebody in authority is telling me this is what I need to do, that uh, they were trapped in that thing. Uh, but a few people, you know, the truth of the matter was at any point they could just say, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know, they could just stand right. up in that moment and say, "No, I'm not going to do this. This isn't right." You know, this person, you know, is complaining and is obviously in pain. Uh, says they have a heart condition. You know, and all of the different things that they did to set up that experiment. So, are people innately good or bad? In a lot of cases, they don't even realize that they've got any other choice. I think, given the choice. Given the choice, most of us want to be good, right? We want to do good things. I think that is the that is the core of human nature. But sometimes that we feel trapped. We feel like we don't have any option. We feel like this is the only thing that we can do. That that we deserve this, and somebody else is stepping in our way, and therefore our only choice is to destroy their them or. Our only choice to be happy is to hurt somebody else or those kinds of things. And when we step up and we realize that we have other choices, we have unlimited choices, the choices in your life are so unlimited that your mind can't even conceive of it. I mean, you're making decisions every single day to go right, to go left, to choose this project, to choose that project, to spend this moment on this particular activity. And you're making those choices every single day. And those choices are the things that are impacting not only you but all of the people around you. So if we can if we can take a bigger picture, if we can ask some simple questions about those choices, is this kind, is this valuable, is this is this going to help other people or is this going to make it worse? Those kinds of simple choices can have a huge huge impact in everybody's life that we come in contact with including our own. It's amazing stuff. 
I think that we're having more an inter- or interesting conversation now than either of you of us would probably ten years ago, right? Because like ten <laughs> years ago, we would have been all business. This podcast would be way way more in your face in terms of. We're just going to talk about business. Spreading viral messages yeah. would be all right. We would talk about that, but only in the in, in the in the way that it would help our businesses to grow and make more money, and only in that way. Maybe I'm short selling both of us, but it just feels like we're having a conversation that's just a thousand times better than we would have on the same podcast ten years ago, and I love that. <laughs> you know, I I was just reading. Uh, the actual uh, uh, transcripts of the Lewis and Clark expedition. You know, you know what the Lewis and Clark yeah. expedition was. They're Basically, yes. we, we we purchased all this land uh, from France all the way up uh, the Louisiana Purchase, and they decided to go see what that land was like because nobody had really been through there. There were a few trappers that went through and and stuff like that. But if they had, they, we would have never gotten such a good deal on it. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> if they exactly. knew what was there. Yeah, exactly. So I'm reading through their journals, and and uh, Lewis gets to his 31st birthday, and it's remarkable to think of how young those people were. You know, <laughs> they're 31 yeah. years old, and he's and he's and he's leading men across uh, you know these vast wilderness and stuff like that. And he had a reflection on his 31st birthday, and he he realized he said, you know, probably my life is half over basically you know at at this point and he thinks about how uh how for how long he looked down on the world and he looked down on possibilities and he really didn't think you know he, he just had kind of a negative attitude about things and he thought what a waste that was right because uh because he could dedicate his life to making things better and finding all of these new things that would make life better. So he was lucky he got to it at, at, at 31 years old. And, and we're lucky whenever we get to it. And I think we have to re- rediscover it every single day. I mean, that's partly why I'm doing something like the Internet Reach event. You know, for a long time I've brought together some of the top thought leaders in the world uh, to my events. We did, I've done over a decade of events now. And amazing people came to those events, but I finally decided I'm just going to do an event that's not about selling, that's, that's just going to be basically a mastermind of, of just you know some of my favorite people in the world, people that would be hand-selected to come you know, to this event to show that we can work, do so much more working together than we can apart. And so that's just, you know, what's reinvigorating for me when I get down. You know, some, sometimes we get isolated, right? Uh, I work out of my basement. Uh, right now I can't see another human being, you know, and I might go for days like that where I don't see another human being. But when we get together, there's a special magic, just like what happened today on this call where we're having a conversation that just kicks off more thoughts and more thoughts and more thoughts and and gives us more and more possibilities. And hopefully in our conversation that we're having today, the people on this call are getting the same kind of of reaction. You know, how how can I get involved in this conversation? How can I feel this passionate about what we're doing? Because Ken and Jack and Gina are off the, off the charts in terms of the passion that, 
they have for for what they're doing and the excitement about that. And I think when we get together and we do those kinds of things, then uh, then we create amazing synergy. So I'm just really excited about that. Well, plus what you said earlier, if, if somebody really wants to answer that question, um, it's really quite simple, and I love it. I'm in the stage of my life, I guess, or, or I've just had it with complication. And I, I think I'm probably going to go from here until my deathbed having the same attitude about complicated things. There's got to be an easy solution. Einstein went to his deathbed without having come up with his, his, his theory of everything. But he chased yeah. it the whole time, and it was all he was interested in. He did, he wasn't interested in really complicated stuff at some point, and probably a lot sooner than I arrived at that point in my life. But it's just got to be simple, and I think the simplest thing, and it's going to blow people's minds when they turn around and look back after having had the experience that I think I'm right, that Jack might have been right, and Ken might have been right about that because it was just that simple, and that is go make a little tiny itsy-bitsy impact. Don't put a lot yeah. of pressure on yourself to do anything remarkable at all and realize that whatever you end up doing is its own little piece of remarkable. And it, it snowballs. What, it, what I found was that I just go out and do a little bit of a thing, just a little thing. And I'm like, wow, that was kind of really super easy. I don't know why I hadn't done that before. And <laughs> it, it made me feel good enough. I want to go do that now twice. I want to go do that now twice. And then I want to, man, if I could just move my schedule around a little bit, I could do this 16 times a week, this thing, whatever it is, whatever it is to make an impact. I'm just making up a thing so that people can understand how it snowballs. And isn't that kind of how it worked for you as you were just starting to understand what you were thinking about and and how it was going to end up in what you're doing today, those those embryonic Big Bang moments for you that brought you to today? Wasn't it sort of like a tiny to a big thing, a small thing that started it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always go back to things, simple things like the conversation on the couch that I had with uh, with Sterling Valentine and Frank Sousa. That, that was no special conversation, you know, and yet millions and millions of dollars were made out of that conversation and, uh, you know, thousands of lives. And you could say we're on this call because of that conversation that was nothing, you know, um, years and years and years and years ago, you know. So the tiniest things that we do can have the the biggest impact, you know. That's why I wrote uh, the second book I wrote called uh, The Impact Factor, How Small Actions Change the World, is to help people just realize that, you know, call it the butterfly effect, call it the impact factor, call it ripples or whatever you want to call it, um, the replications of what we do today, you know, just go on forever and ever and ever. It's, you know, like uh, ripples in the pond, and maybe that influence gets less and less, you know, the further out you get, but that's it, it's impacting more and more people, you know, so it just keeps keeps on going. And so keep it simple. Keep it, keep it <laughs> you know, the, the biggest impact that we can have is just a simple, kind word, you know. So that's pretty simple. Everybody can do that today. And if you do that uh, a couple dozen times today, that's going to have a huge impact. And if you keep doing that over the course of a lifetime, you know, how many more lives will you make better, you know, just by having those simple kinds of words of encouragement, you know, from time to time. So. Yeah, and keeping track, right? Isn't keeping track? Don't blow off that you just smiled at somebody. Don't blow off that. No, don't say, well, no. I'm just that kind of person. Keep track, because that's what you're doing, right? Is trying to 
attract yeah, the influence of impact. Yeah, exactly, because that's what wakes us up. I mean, it's it's not the fact that, okay, I said something nice, somebody felt better for a moment, that's good, right? That's not the impact. The thing that hits you over the head that knocks you down and makes you go, oh, my God, what am I doing, uh, is when you keep track of it. I have a simple little system. I have a, uh, you know, if you take a piece of paper and Hang on, draw Ken, a line down. We only down, have 60 seconds, and I want to oh, make okay. sure we get the link in. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get your link real quick before the recording goes off. Well, uh, definitely, you know, you can find out more about me at KenMcArthur.com, and if you subscribe to my newsletter there, uh, you'll get uh, lots of information. You can just do a, a simple search on Ken MacArthur on Google, and you'll find more than you ever wanted to know about me. Awesome. Ken, we obviously we're going to go over time, but we, but we can't, so we're just going to have to have <laughs> you back. Is that okay? That sounds fantastic. So great to talk to you today. And, uh, you know, keep having that impact. Keep doing the simple things that make a big difference. Thank you, Ken. Thank you so much, Ken. Great show, guys. And we will be back same time, same place next week. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.